Welcome to City News 570 Rangers Talk. Brought to you by You Save Flooring. Price is so low, just take it and go. Here are your hosts, Mike Farwell and Paul Fixter. And back here inside the Kitchener Memorial Auditorium where a season-high crowd of 7,523 were here to take in a pretty good hockey match. You got, I think, what you expected. Certainly your money's worth in a game between the top two teams in the Ontario Hockey League, the London Knights and the Kitchener Rangers. The Rangers grabbed the lead, and London took over from there. Let's take a look at your scoring summary from this game. In the first period, there was no scoring at all, and each team was 0 for 1 on the Channers' power play. London out shooting Kitchener 11 to 7 in the first. In the second, the Rangers came out, with some jump they got a goal from matt andonofsky 30 seconds into the second period andonofsky's fifth from hunter brustevich and trent swick one nothing kitchener then two minutes and six seconds later cameron mercer would score his fifth of the season justin botno drawing the assist it was two nothing for the rangers casper haltonen would get one of those back for the London Knights, his 22nd of the season from Caleb Lawrence and Oliver Bonk at 12.01. It was 2-1 for the Rangers. And then Easton Cowan shorthanded. We talked about this back during our Harris Law pregame show. The London Knights with a league-leading 17 shorties coming into this game. Give them 18 now on Cowan's 17th goal of the season. Sam O'Reilly, the assist at 17.02 of the second. And that made it 2-2. That's how the second period would end. The Knights outshot the Rangers in that second period as well, 14-11. In the third, on a 5-on-3 power play, Jacob Julian would score his 19th of the season from Easton Cowan and Oliver Bonk. It came exactly four minutes into the period and that would stand up as the game winner the rangers didn't have a lot of push when they did get some it was when their net was empty jackson parsons on the bench but they couldn't get another puck past michael simpson who made a couple of saves late and then easton cowan skated one into an empty net for his second of the game 18th of the season at 1931 so with 29 seconds to go and that's all she wrote on this night, the London Knights win their 13th consecutive hockey match. 4-2 over the Kitchener Rangers tonight, who see their four-game winning streak come to an end. London goes 1-for-6 on the Channers' power play tonight. The Rangers go 0-for-5, and London outshoots Kitchener 37-25 to for the game. The attendance, 7,000. 523. You gotta love Rangers nights on a Friday night at the Memorial Auditorium. Lots of London fans here in the arena tonight. I'm sure the Rangers fans go home disappointed, but hey, it was a heck of a hockey match here at the Grand Old Dame on East Avenue tonight. 4-2 the final. In favor of London, we'll take a break and come back with post-game coverage as we continue. It's brought to you by You Save Flooring. Price is so low, Just take it and go. This is City News 570. 
You're listening to City News 570 Rangers Talk. Brought to you by You Save Flooring. Prices so low, just take it and go. Here are your hosts, Mike Farwell and Paul Fixter. And back here inside the Kitchener Memorial Auditorium, a 4-2 win for the London Knights. Let's take a look at your three stars of this game. Your three stars brought to you by the Better Business Bureau. Find a better business at bbb.org. Jackson Parsons faced 37 London shots tonight. He made 33 saves because he was out of the net for the last shot into the empty net. So 36 shots, I guess, Parsons faced, making 33 saves. And he was named the third star of this game. Oliver Bonk picked up an assist and was a force to be reckoned with defensively. For the London Knights, he was named star number two. And two goals and an assist for Easton Cowan tonight makes him the first star of this game. So your three stars in a 4-2 London victory go Cowan, Bonk, and Parsons, your three stars for the Better Business Bureau. Find a better business at bbb.org. We will hear from Rangers head coach UC Ahokas when we return. You're listening to post-game coverage of Kitchener Rangers Hockey, brought to you by You Save Flooring. Price is so low, just take it and go. This is City News 570. You're listening to City News 570 Rangers Talk, brought to you by You Save Flooring. Price is so low, just take it and go. Here are your hosts, Mike Farwell and Paul Fixter. Easton Cowan, three points tonight, two goals, one of them into an empty net, the other shorthanded, plus an assist. And the London Knights double up the Kitchener Rangers 4-2 to two in front of the largest crowd we saw in this arena all season, 7,523 here to watch it. It's a battle for first place this weekend. It's not over yet. Rangers go into London tomorrow, now leading the Knights by just a single point in the standings, although the Knights do hold two games in hand. So this was a big one standings-wise as the Knights get the better of the Rangers on this occasion. 4-2 the final here in Kitchener. On our Liebold Electric out-of-town scoreboard, say hello to your new Eastern Conference leading North Bay Battalion. They led 3-0 on the road tonight in Mississauga. The Steelheads came all the way back to tie it and force overtime, but the Battalion got the extra point, winning it 4-3 and jumping over Sudbury for top spot in the East because Sudbury lost 7-3 on home ice to Erie tonight. That's your Liebold Electric out-of-town scoreboard. We'll send it downstairs to Paul Fixter and UC Ahokas. Thanks, Mike. I'm downstairs with head coach UC Hocus. Coach, after the 2-0 lead that your team established, what changed what went wrong for the club? I think 12 minutes we played really well. We had even chances to score. Uh, we're missing nets, uh, score score a third. But their first goal, a little bit soft play from us. We didn't get it out, and pucks went through. Well, mistakes happened too. One, uh, then they get the power. We have power play. We should be in there, and then they we... We're too casual playing in that situation, and they get this 2-2 goal, and then uh, and then third period we we're on the box pretty much the whole period. So that, that kind of you can't be on the box that much if you want to beat London. I know you talked earlier in the day to Mike about discipline of the hockey club. We took six penalties tonight. That's easily fixable for tomorrow, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, it is. Like I thought, the five-on-three—that was bad luck from Montview, uh, where it came. 
battle and then just kind of but you have to take and then but there's there are a few penalties for sure where we can take off and uh and then our power play we have to be better coach speaking of be, being better your top players need to give you more is that fair to say well yeah yeah they they weren't on their best and their top players were better today but that's a one game tomorrow's a new game uh, season wins are one one and good thing we get to play them all again so i like brustevich he had a great game he played well but yeah our some of our forwards yeah we need we need more uh, lastly coach uh, two pretty good performances back to back by jackson parsons in net yeah he, he he gave us a chance to win even with those penalties and he made really good saves and like five on four still our pk i thought was really good and he was making good saves and uh but you just uh they're the top power play in the league right now so you just can't give that many penalties but it's good we have two great goalies and that's uh that's an advantage for our hockey club appreciate your time coach good luck tomorrow all right thank you Thanks, Mike. Back upstairs to you. Thank you very much, Paul. You see a hocus with some post-game thoughts, and there are some positives to take away, not the least of which is you get right back on that horse and you ride it into London again tomorrow. 4-2 the final in favor of the Knights tonight. Your post-game show is brought to you by You Save Flooring. Price is so low, just take it and go. You're listening to City News 570. Who blew a call? Who left it all out on the ice? Mike Farwell and Paul Fixter. Break it down on City News 570 Rangers Talk. Brought to you by You Save Flooring. Price is so low, just take it and go. Here are your hosts, Mike Farwell and Paul Fixter. And back here at the Memorial Auditorium where the Knights beat the Rangers 4-2. Paul Fixter is rinkside. Thanks, Mike. I'm with tonight's third star, Jackson Parsons. And, Jackson, your your coach just gave you a nice compliment. He said, Jackson Parsons gave us a chance to win the hockey game tonight. How would you feel about your game? Yeah, like, I thought I played well, but, I mean, at the end of the day, we win as a team, we lose as a team, and that's that. So. This team, this London club, has the number one power play unit in the league. You limited them to one goal against... How difficult is that just to find the puck, see the puck as it's being moved around by some pretty skilled players? Yeah, I mean, obviously they do have the top power play unit, and I was aware of that coming into it. But I think that the whole PK unit, we did we did a really good job uh, limiting them to one goal, especially when things got chippy in the end. But, yeah. Do you feel like you found your groove again in that? You're seeing the puck really well and, and battling hard in there. Yeah, I think that uh, you go through ups and downs, especially as a goalie. Like it's it's hard. Like there's there's so many good players in this league, but um, I think that just focusing on the day by day things and just having fun with it and success will come. I know the tough. I know the loss is tough to to accept and uh, it hurts a little bit. But congratulations on a good solid performance tonight by yourself. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. Back upstairs to you. Thank you very much, Paul. Jackson Parsons with some post-game thoughts. He was solid in goal. He did put in a third-star performance, but as he says, you win, you lose as a team. And unfortunately for the team tonight, the Kitchener Rangers, they fall 4-2 to two to the London Knights. A power play goal, a short-handed goal, and an empty net goal. Part of the, the Knights' repertoire here tonight in picking up their 13th straight victory your post-game show is brought to you by you save flooring prices so low just take it and go we continue and very soon get to your calls on city news 570 
You're listening to City News 570 Rangers Talk. Brought to you by You Save Flooring. Price is so low, just take it and go. Here are your hosts, Mike Farwell and Paul Fixter. Well, after every Rangers home game, we do open the phone line so we can hear from you. And I'm sure with 7,500 plus in this building tonight, there are more than a few of you who want to have something to say about Rangers Knights round two this season. The season series now one and one, both teams winning 4-2 in the other team's building. How do you like that? 13 in a row for the London Knights. And the Rangers' four-game winning streak is snapped. Let's take a look at our Liebold Electric. Out-of-town scoreboard tonight already mentioned to you that the North Bay Battalion have taken over first place in the Eastern Conference. That's thanks to their overtime victory over the Mississauga Steelheads. And that means North Bay, Leapfrogs, Sudbury, the battalion going from 48 to 50 points. The Wolves at 49, and they stay there because they lost 7-3 on home ice to the Erie Otters. Elsewhere, it was Saginaw doubling up Ottawa, 4-2 in Ottawa. Owen Sound on a tough eastern swing after snapping a four-game losing streak of their own the other night. You can now make it back-to-back wins for the Bears at the Bayshore. 3 nothing. the attack win tonight in Kingston. In Sarnia, the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds laid a whooping on the sting. 9-1 the final in that one. A couple of games still going on in Guelph at the Sleeman Center. The Storm looking to snap a three-game skid. They lead Flint 3-1 with just over nine minutes to play. And still early in the third in Oshawa, the best rivalry in the OHL. Yes, I say that despite the two teams we saw here in Kitchener tonight. It's Oshawa-Peterborough, and the Gens lead 7-1 to one early in the third. Once again, here in Kitchener, that's our Liebold Electric, by the way. Out-of-town scoreboard, you can check out their full list of services at LieboldElectric.com. We'll take a final break and then come back to hear from you. Phone lines opening on Rangers Talk. Let's talk about the Rangers and the OHL in this second meeting of the season between the Rangers and the Knights. We don't have to wait long. 3.30 tomorrow afternoon, we'll start our pregame show. 4 o'clock, we'll drop the puck at Budweiser Gardens. Your phone calls begin next on Rangers Talk, your postgame show for You Save Flooring. Price is so low, just take it and go. This is City News 570. period and the Rangers got a couple in a hurry and led two to nothing and a crowd of more than 7,500 was definitely alive and thought maybe in that moment that this was a different 
season. It was a different rivalry. But the London Knights just went and London knighted their way to a 4-2 win after shaking off those two early second period goals. And now the Knights are one point back of the Rangers for first place. First place showdown tomorrow. Yes, it in is. London, uh, at the uh, the Garden or whatever it's called, the Budweiser Garden. Um, in London hung around, hung around, hung around, then took control. And Mike, there's a couple of things in this game for me that really stand out. I, I thought Jackson Parsons ha- had a heck of a game. And, you know, you-, you look for a quality start from your goaltender, and they certainly got a quality start. Quality start meaning you give your team a chance to win. He did that. Uh, the I'm going to say injury to Mashar because of its equipment. He's back in the game. So it's pretty safe to say injury. And I saw, the, I saw a hit early in the first period, about his second or third shift, right down to our left. And he never came back from that. that. That's bothersome. And the one thing that's really bothersome to me to some extent is, and you and I talked about this off the air a little bit, the top players not playing their top game tonight. And I didn't think they did in Guelph either. Uh, I, you know, London's players, London's top players outplayed Kitchener's top players. London is an e- easy game to play, uh, team to play against. And uh, you have to fight for everything you're going to get. And I didn't think there was enough fight in uh, some of the players tonight. <laughs> I had no problem with Pugliese, Mercer, Botno. You know, these guys competed hard. But uh, the, the top guys need to uh, be better. It was that trio that gave the Rangers the 2 nothing lead in the second period. And you're right. Carson Rakoff was noticeably absent. Edward Chalet was noticeably absent matt sop started strong faded a little bit but those are the guys that you're looking for to put up some big numbers for you carry the load if you will and they were unable to do so against a very good team in london let's go to the phones and we'll start with quinn quinn you are on rangers talk city news 570 hi mike hi paul i just have two quick questions what happened to masar and when is mitchell martin expected back Quinn, those are excellent questions. I thank you very much for the phone call. We'll do the typical, I'll hang up and listen, guys. And, Paul, you were just talking about Philip Mashar. We saw him. I mean, it was on our side of the rink, so to say exactly what happened, we're unsure. But we know he was involved in some kind of collision slash body check and left the ice pretty much immediately. Yeah, and to me it looked like it was certainly upper body it looked kind of towards the head mike in in all, in all honesty uh, it was a big hit and he went he only had to go from just above the hash marks in his own zone to the bench which is only 20 feet away and we never saw him again uh which is unfortunate uh you know you want your you want you don't want to see anybody get hurt and you certainly need your best players out on the ice uh, as for the uh, mitchell martin it's a great question i, I don't know where he's at and in his, his comeback, you know, the, the games are starting to dwindle down here. That was 40-44 tonight. Um, I know we know he is skating, but how close he is to coming back? Uh, Quinn, if you can find out, you let us know. Yeah, that one's, I mean, look, and you know this, Paul, from being directly in organizations, finding out accurate injury information in any sport, quite frankly. Well, except football, because they're always worried about the gamblers. But it's notoriously difficult to find out. So we were led to believe a way back when this injury first occurred that 
end of January-ish was kind of the timeline we were working towards. But you're right. We really don't have any better idea, I don't think, than anybody else. And and the one thing is, look, we all know what Mitchell Martin means to this hockey club and the kind of player that he is. But as those games begin to dwindle down, and I was thinking the exact same thing, Paul, that means there are more and more games that Mitchell Martin has missed and more and more time that he's been away. And no matter how good you are or what kind of impact you can have, it's going to take you a minute or two to find that stride again. The last game Mitchell Martin played was the game versus London in London back in November. Yeah, that's a long time away, and there's no there's no substitute. You can skate all you want. You can train all you want. You can do all those things, but there's nothing like game action to, to be in game shape, and uh, he's he hasn't done that in a long time. November the 5th was the game in London where Mitch Martin was hurt. So, Quinn, thanks for the questions. They're excellent ones. I wish we could give you uh, better, or not even just better, but uh, more positive information. But, listen, I'm not a doctor. I'm not down there on the ice. I'm a wee bit worried about Mashar just because he left so early and did not come back. So that suggests to me that whatever it was he was going through, I mean, this happened in the first couple of minutes of the game, uh, it was obviously enough to keep him out of this game. And that, to me, Paul, huge, huge part on the power play. Affected the power play for Kitchener immensely. Yeah, you know, the, the power play certainly wasn't very good, quite honestly. And the few shots that they did muster, uh, London did a good job of, of clearing the net front, or Kitchener didn't do a, a good enough job of getting in that net front and allowing... Uh, uh, Simpson, Simpson to to see the uh, see the shots that got through. I think Kitchener needs to do a much better job of of uh, getting to the net front and taking his eyes away. And quite honestly, Mike, they have to stay out of the box. You, you've got a a club that's clipping along at thirty four percent. You can't give them six opportunities. And you know, I look at I'm not picking on Diracolo, but he took two really bad penalties, and he's trying to make a name for himself in this lineup. That's not the way to do it. London got one on the power play. They got one shorthanded. They got one into an empty net, and they got one five-on-five. That's how they put their four together tonight. All right, let's go back to the phones. Derek, it's your turn on Rangers Talk. Oh, hey, guys. Uh, uh, I guess this question is for uh, Paul. So when you have a goalie that doesn't doesn't lose... Do you keep him in there? Like, uh... You're talking about uh, Malbuff? Malbuff hadn't... Yes. Yes. Yeah, I I think it's fairly evident, clear, that the Rangers look at Jackson Parsons as their number one goalie. So I think in the interview post-game, he said it best. You go through ebbs and flows, highs and lows during the season, and he was going through a bit of a, a lull. So that's when Malbuff got his opportunity to get the net. And he did a very good job as a number two uh, is supposed to do when they get the opportunity. Make no mistake, Jackson Parsons is the number one goalie on this hockey club. And he's found his mojo again. And so I understand the question. You keep running with the other guy. But as much as you want to run with the guy that hasn't lost, I think it's more important to get your number one guy feeling good about himself again. That's That's the easiest way to answer that question. Okay, thanks. 
Thanks, Derek. Appreciate the question. And you know what, Paul? I agree wholeheartedly for what it's worth uh, with your assessment there. Look, Derek's not wrong, obviously. Tristan Malbuff has found a nice little groove. You talked about him way back in our Harris Law pregame show about being in consideration for goaltender of the week honors, which went to Michael Simpson. Malbuff has been terrific. And that's just what you would to use the cliche, a good problem to have for the Kitchener Rangers when they've got both goaltenders going the way that they are. But there's no doubt that Jackson Parsons is your starter with this hockey club. And by virtue of that, he gets to start Wednesday, starts to find his groove a little bit, and you give him the start tonight. And listen, if you're hanging this game on Jackson Parsons, then you are misguided, my friend. And I think the coach gave him a real nice compliment when he said, Jackson Parsons did his job. He he gave us a chance to win this hockey club, and that's all you can ask of your goaltender. No question about it. All right, you're listening to Rangers Talk. We do this after every Rangers home game, and we open up the phone lines to hear from you. Let's go next to Stephen. You're on City News 570 and Rangers Talk. Hello, Stephen. Hello, my friends. How are you? We're good, thank you. Yes, well, unfortunately, number 13 wasn't unlucky for London, but, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, first period, definitely kind of a, you know. Uh, thanks, Stephen. You just hung up the phone on us. I don't know why you did that, but you did for whatever reason. I could hear the click. Uh, number 13 coincidentally also scored the game-winning goal for the London Knights, Jacob Julian. So how do you like that with your number 13 idea as the Knights win their 13th game in a row? I can see how they've won 13 games in a row, Mike. Uh, They've got an explosive hockey club. They have a lot of players with offensive upside. They defend well. Uh, They stick together in these scrums. And Simpson has found his mojo again. I think he got pulled in the game in London, if I if I recall, against us back in November. Ooh, I'd have and, to look to be and, sure. And uh, I didn't think he had a solid game. And tonight you can see that this is a guy that's leading the league in, in goaltender stats, and I understand why. They were a much different team if... Uh... If Simpson was pulled, I didn't make a note of it that night. I but might be wrong. I've been wrong before. Mike. Nonetheless, <laughs> uh, yeah, he was in for the whole game. Okay. Um, anyway, pardon me. I, I was just getting distracted by a note from our producer here as I try to figure out the phone lines. Uh, Michael Simpson and, and the London Knights weren't like it, it's really funny, Paul. This London team early on was a team that people were raising eyebrows about, like, What's with the London Knights? They were kind of just middling. And then all of a sudden they they find their groove, and here they go. Yeah, they certainly have found their groove. Um, And I I brought this up during the game. You have a club that has 10 NHL-drafted players. That's half the team. Like, that's that's impressive. I don't know if I recall a team um, in in my few years that I was in the league having 10 NHL-drafted players. Not to mention the players that, you know, will will get looked at this year and, and drafted this year. And as we talked about, three of them have fathers that played in the National Hockey League. Like, it's just a really neat story to have that amount of presence, um, recognition, I should say, 
at the next level. No question about it. The Knights win it 4-2 here in Kitchener tonight. Your post-game show for You Save Flooring. Price is so low, just take it and go. You're listening to City News 570. It's time to speak your mind. Have your say on City News 570 Rangers Talk. Call now, 519-570-2545. Brought to you by You Save Flooring. Price is so low, just take it and go. City News 570. Jumped out to a 2-0 lead very early in the second period. And then the Knights got the next four and doubled Kitchener 4-2 here in front of a season-high crowd of 7,523 at the Memorial Auditorium. We got the Gremlins out of the telephone system back at the boardwalk, thanks to our producer, Adam Sanderson. So let's jump back on those phone lines. Greg, you're on Rangers Talk. Hey, good evening. Hey, just to echo uh, everybody that's been talking about Parsons, he played a heck of a game tonight, and um, he he, he um, saved them on a couple of really key shots. But I wanted to ask you both uh, a question, because um, we're down in the offensive end sitting. Do you guys think that second goal from London was offside? And, and why wouldn't they have reviewed it? I So I'll just say somebody tweeted me about that earlier, Greg, and I, I have yeah, to say me. I – Okay. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I forgot the name. Anyway, um, I, I didn't see anything. And if I think if there would have been any question about it, there would have been a question from the Rangers bench. But, Paul, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I, I agree. A good question. Um, but the coaches are real good on the bench, especially Coach uh, Caracas, about looking at the iPad and, and certain, looking at that right away. And he's got a real keen eye for that. The other thing I will say, all goals are reviewed. And the video rego- uh, review judge up here, Lance Roberts, does a wonderful job. And he he, can, he has the ability to call down as well. So uh, I think they got it correct. And just yeah, so okay. we're clear here, Greg, that's that's the shorthanded goal, right? Yeah, it was the shorthanded That was the second goal. goal. Yeah, yeah second I mean, goal. goodness gracious, it, you, you'd be lucky if that one was offside and get you out of trouble because the Rangers were a little bit lackadaisical on the power play there when they were stripped yeah. behind their own net and then Cowan put it in. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they didn't play well on that on that power play. I mean, uh, it, no. it didn't look like they were on the power play. But yeah, I was kind of wondering why they had, didn't review it. But because uh, a lot of us in, in our end in the offensive end, we were all calling and shouting offside, and it just looked like it was offside. But I guess if they they did the review and did what they were supposed to, it was probably yep. a legit goal. Yep. All right. Yep. Good question, though. All right, guys. Thanks. Thanks, Greg. Really appreciate the call. And listen, hey, follow up a tweet with a phone call anytime. Don't always have a chance to get back to all of the interactions, either email or social media, certainly during the game. And after the game, Paul and I stay here to take your calls and talk about the game that was and the season that's been. So great to hear from you, a new caller on our Rangers Talk post-game show. Greg, don't be a stranger. All right, Stephen got interrupted before we lost our phone lines a moment ago. Stephen, let's get back at it here. Good evening. Yeah, good evening. Yeah, well, it's kind of like the Rangers' second period. Things were going good, and then everything just fell silent. <laughs> well, I'll be the judge of how good things were going, Stephen. Let's go. I mean, Fire it up now. <laughs> I mean, when they were up to nothing, right? Things were seemed to be going good, but 
Yeah. No, no um, I meant with your phone call. Sorry, I was oh, I was teasing yeah. you a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, again, like uh, like I was saying, that's been a pattern, not just you know this uh, game, but sometimes they've just had trouble when they've gotten up a few goals, just keeping that momentum going. You know. Um, losing leads like that, but uh, yeah, I don't know if I, I don't, Paul, I don't recall the Rangers like you know coughing up a lot of leads this year at all. To be honest with you, no, that hasn't been a an issue. That's been an issue for your other club yeah. of late, the uh, Leafs. Hey, easy yeah. fixie, easy. <laughs> yeah. Let's not go there. But, <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, no, I wouldn't yeah. say that's been an issue with the with the Rangers. Uh, I and, mean, and quite honestly, tonight, tonight, uh, they had the two nothing lead, but but. London wasn't out of the game by any stretch. No. They they were always around the game. They hung around enough, and then they just they seemed to find their skating legs in the second half of the uh, second half of the second period, and then really took took control. Quite honestly, I guess the Rangers did lose the lead in Sudbury, and then Ottawa did come back on Sunday to tie it. But the Rangers did ultimately win. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, I'm thinking that golf game, the third period, where you know I was thinking Tim Hortons, but that evaporated pretty quickly. But hang on a yeah. second, golf game. The Rangers just won five to one. It was never even close. I mean, uh, how many games game are you going back? Uh, I believe uh, the game before that, third period. Ancient history. Five two. Yeah. Uh, anyway, you, okay. <laughs> Eight six. They lost that one. That's a lot. I was back in November, Stephen. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. Anyway. A lot of water yeah. under the bridge yeah. since then. Yeah, and um. Just the other thing, it's funny that, you know, the first game we lose Mitch Martin, one of our stars. Now, Philippe Bashar is, I don't know, is that a pattern or a coincidence? But, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, definitely, you know, discipline. You're going to need to uh, tomorrow night to uh, not give them that power play chance. And can't be 0 for 5 either when we get chances. So, anyhow, gentlemen, take care. Have a good night, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Stephen. Appreciate the call. Uh, coincidence is exactly what it is slash was. Uh, I remember the Mitch Martin uh, injury, and, you know, there was nothing that happened. Nobody did anything illegal to cause it. Now, tonight, uh, I didn't see exactly what transpired in the collision with Philip Mashar, but I do know that he left the ice and did not come back. And just looking back, I did a quick count. This was the 28th game now that Mitch Martin has missed. So it, it, oh boy, you go back a long time since we saw the big nickel in this Rangers lineup. 28 game that he's missed, and, and we have 24 remaining. Right. Like, so he's going to have missed a lot more than. Which also means he was only in game 15 yeah. when he went out, or 16. So there wow. you go. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, c- coincidence for sure. The, the Mitch Martin injury in London, it just, it, it happened. There was no no malicious. And, and as far as the hit tonight, it was a big hit. Uh, Philip Bashar is not the biggest individual, and it caught him pretty good. It it, it, it rocked him, and we don't know, uh, you know, what, what the extent of it is. You know, while we're, we're talking injuries, we, we've had the, the last two games, uh, Cameron Reed has been out. We don't know what's going on with him, but I would, I would, my spidey sense would tell me that he's not a healthy scratch. There's something wrong. I'm just surmising. I have no idea, um, but you know, and and I can understand them being. I do know one thing about Cameron Reed. 
he would play. He would be a modern day Bobby Bond. He would play with a broken ankle uh, if if they let him. This kid is tough. We've talked about him all year. He's a pleasure to watch, and he plays way beyond his his years. Uh, you know that being 16 years. I agree, and uh, he's missed dearly. You talked already you know, on a pick on a kid, but Max Tiracolo showed that he's no Cameron Reed out there tonight and, and took a couple of penalties in the third period that really did bite the Rangers in the derriere. It's tough to defend speed, and that's the one thing that London has is speed, and they're not afraid to to blow the zone, to, to do some con- un- unconventional things, and you better be ready for that. And, and uh, Max uh, got caught on the, on the one, on the hooking call. Just speed, you know, this is a, a level up from what he's used to, and you know he's only three or four games into his his uh, OHL career, so he'll 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 come along, he'll be fine. Uh, it'll be a learning experience for him. The London Knights win four two here in Kitchener tonight, their thirteenth win in a row, and now tomorrow, first place is on the line. Don't forget, it's an afternoon game, four p.m. puck drop, three thirty pregame here on City News five seventy. Let's go back to the phones and ed you're on rangers talk hey mikey uh, how are you doing man i'm doing very well thank you how are you good good hey i just want to say you know it wasn't i mean it wasn't their best effort tonight it wasn't uh, the best best game but uh, i don't really uh looking back reflecting on some of it i'd say not a, not a big deal we go in tomorrow and clean it up um, first game, first period was a bit of a wash. Uh, goaltending was, you know, fair on both sides all the way through the game, and uh, each team had uh, a good shot. I want to talk about that Sims uh, uh, penalty just for a second. Um, nobody's brought it up, and I watched it like five, six times because uh, I wasn't at the game tonight, and. Um, Gosh, he, it looked like he turned into the boards, and part of the part of the game is is knowing where you are in the game. And uh, when he went down, he looked, and it, it just it didn't look good, you know, it didn't look good. But that 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 here there there doesn't make a difference in the game. But then they got the double, and the double was not great, and so the pendulum kind of swung back. Uh, but you know, overall, not our best game, but I think tomorrow you're going to see a different team and the boys are going to show up. I think what you need to see from the Rangers tomorrow is what you saw from them in the first five or six minutes of the second period when they grabbed their lead. That's what was missing for 60 minutes tonight. Yeah, yeah. Hey, and how, how about that in the first period there where Soppy was floating around and uh, geez, it was one of the sweetest moves of the game Uh he swung through the neutral zone and doubled back in, and that that was a sweet move. And I thought, okay, this is going to be a cakewalk tonight, but uh, not to be. That was shorthanded too, wasn't it, Ed? Yeah, it's you know typical of Soppy, eh? But uh, yeah, not 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 the worst uh, game, and I and I think this is the time of year to have that type of game because uh, you know this game isn't isn't relevant to what what's going forward. And the only thing I want to say quickly about the penalty on uh, Sim is what I didn't like is he actually looked up after he was hit. And it, it was a hard hit. It was a vicious hit. Penalty or not, we we can debate Oh, it that. was a penalty. No question in my yeah. mind it was a penalty. It, it, but it was, I didn't like how he looked up to see, uh, you know, to find the ref, see where the puck, all that stuff. If you're hurt, you're hurt. 
go back, watch it again. I watched it six times. He was going in, and he literally, you know, part of your responsibility going into the corner is knowing where you are. And it appeared to me. But, but Ed, part of the, part of the responsibility for the defenseman. Yeah, but part of the responsibility for the defenseman is to not run them. That's the way we play the game now, right? So that that it, it was a penalty. There's no question. No question. But if you go back and watch it again, you'll say, "Oh, okay." Because watch it two or three times, and you'll see you'll see that we got played a little bit on that one. And hey, all right, but, but Ed, did you did you watch it with your red and blue glasses on? Come on now. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> okay. Okay. Independently, but and, and right. yes, when he when he went down, as soon as he looked up, no, game's over. That that wasn't, you know, it was two minutes, no question. But Fair uh, enough. That, that led into the double, and then pendulum uh, started swinging. Listen, good to hear from you on the show, Ed. Thank you very much for the call. Really do appreciate it. And and lots of good and interesting stuff there. I will just finish on the Diracolo penalty on Landon Sim. That is a penalty, in my opinion, seven days a week and twice on Sundays. But to your point, Paul, I really don't like... It could have been really bad for sure, but it wasn't. And, and you could see... Landon Sim turned around immediately to check where the puck was, and when the Knights still had possession, he almost got up right away and then stayed down on the. I don't. I just don't love that. No, at all. I, I don't. I didn't like that either, Mike. The last thing I'll say about that is, if that turn the table, if that had happened to any one of our players, and there was a non-call, we'd have twelve callers calling in. Hey, why wasn't that called? Great point. Uh, you know, against the London player that smashed whomever into the end boards. So you have to look at it both ways. The other thing that Ed brought up, and I I really liked his sort of high-level view of what this game really means. Look, it's not a playoff elimination game. I know there's a lot at stake here, and the Rangers fans and the team would love to still be in first place after this weekend, which they still can be if they pick up points tomorrow. But really, this game, whatever. It's game number 44 in the standings for the Kitchener Rangers. Uh, However, what you, I think, overlook, and, and Ed talked about, like, look, look, the Rangers, you know, first period's kind of a wash, this and that. I think what people forget a lot, this London Knights team plays about as well defensively as any other team. And this goes way back to the days when, when Mitch Marner and, and, and Max Domi and, and Dvorak were part of this team. Like, they, they, they just, the London Knights will stifle you defensively. They'll play the trap all night long. All night long. Oh, no question. Like I think back to the Max Domi's time, and for sure, no question about that, Mike. And when you when you look, they have the, the, you know they're one of the top teams in terms of scoring goals for, but goals against they're at one twenty three. They you know part of that is goaltending, no question. But they know how to defend and they defend well. And the one thing that they they do is they they have the puck so much. Well, the best defense. Is to have the puck. You betcha. And they have the puck an awful lot. That is an excellent point as well. The Knights win it 4-2 to two here in Kitchener tonight. We continue with Rangers talk. Evan, you're on City News 570. Hey, Farwell. Hey, Fixter. What's up, guys? Hey, Evan. We're good. How are you? Uh, Well, surprisingly, I called in before Cody, even though he called in before me. Uh, glad the full lines are back up. 
I mean, it was a painful time to get back in, but, you know, for some well, reason. Well, now that you're in, what have you got for us? Well, for some reason, the uh, radio stations were taking over yours, so glad that got fixed. But uh, let's get to the point here. Uh, the Great Rangers, idea. Uh, well, the Rangers didn't really show up today. Uh, to be honest with you right now, um, I think... To be honest, I don't know because, well, let's leave it at this. The Rangers obviously need a uh, defense that can, uh, never mind. All right, Evan, appreciate the call. I, I'm not going to buy the narrative that the Rangers didn't show up tonight. No, no, I don't either. That's... He was stuck for a question or a comment. I think so. So uh, I'm not buying that. I, I thought the Rangers didn't have their best game. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. London did play very well. I, I really, you, you're right, Mike. The sky isn't falling. You know, we we lost the game. Uh, we still control our destiny in terms of staying in first place after this weekend. If 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 you know we win tomorrow, and if we don't, well, it, it, it's. It's not the end of the world again. You know, you hate to give up first place, but uh, I think if you come out and play a solid, disciplined hockey game tomorrow, uh, you can come out on, on top. I agree with that, and the Rangers showed earlier in the season that they can come out on top, and they lost a game by one goal, essentially, tonight. The empty netter is what it is. 4-2 the final. London wins its 13th in a row, beating the Rangers tonight and ending Kitchener's four-game winning streak. Uh, Billy and Jeffrey, hang in there. We'll get right to your calls after this quick timeout. Stay with us. It's Rangers talk for you save flooring. Price is so low, just take it and go. City News 570. Got something to say about your East Avenue Blue? Call now. 519-570-2545. It's City News 570. Rangers Talk. Brought to you by You Save Flooring. Prices so low, just take it and go. City News 570. Well, the Rangers got the first two goals of this game, but the Knights got the next four, the last of them into an empty net with just 29 seconds remaining, and it's the Knights picking up their 13th in a row, 4-2 over the Kitchener Rangers. Let's get right back to the phones and hear from you. Logan, you're on Rangers Talk on City News 570. Yeah, hey, Ray. Um, I saw that hit in the first period that knocked uh, Meshar out of the game. It looked like an elbow straight to his head. Do you think a five-minute major there would be, like, a huge game-changer? Oh, absolutely. It would be. That was early first period, and yes, that would have been, but I didn't see an elbow at all, so I'll take your word for it. I I did see a headshot. I didn't know it was an elbow or, like, the forearm or whatever. It's it's a game-changer two ways. One, five-minute penalty. Rangers have the five-minute penalty. Two... Rangers lose one of their best players. It's a real game changer for the Rangers on a go forward basis, depending on the extent of the injury. So uh, it's unfortunate, but uh, yeah, there, it was a. There's no question it was a headshot. Yeah, he was skating into the scrum, and you could see a London guy just stick the elbow out. 
Yeah, that's, that's a, that's a tough it. one. It yeah. is. And well, and you know what? I will say this, Paul, and you and I have touched on it earlier in this season. Uh, whatever has changed, and something has at the league offices, not only do they work weekends, but they have been responding quickly to things that happen within the games. They haven't been afraid to overturn things. I remember there have been a couple of occasions. Ellenis and Matt Sopp did not get supplementary discipline after being called for major penalties and slew foots. So there's a, a willingness to go back and look at this, and I wonder if there is, if Logan saw it so clearly, maybe the Rangers did too, and you can send in video and have a call made retroactively. I suppose that could happen too. Logan, did you catch which London player it was, just out of curiosity? Not really. It was a no. scrum. I didn't even realize yeah. who the Kitchener player was until the power play, like the ne- couple yeah. minutes yeah, later. That's, that's yeah. what we did. That's, yeah, I, I didn't notice he was gone until I saw yeah. a really different power play unit, and I thought, oh, maybe he's coming out on the second unit. And then I realized, no, he's he's gone. So interesting stuff. Thanks for accepting my call. Thanks, Logan, very much for making it. Good to hear from you on the post-game show tonight. All right, uh, Jersey Bill, our good friend, you're on Rangers Talk. Yeah, so, hey, well, guess what? Uh, I've made the uh, caller uh, hat trick here. Twice on Mike Farrell's show and once on uh, the uh, after game. Nice. Good stuff. It's always good to hear from you. <laughs> yes. Listen, uh, you know, so I, I you know, I'm, I'm uh, I, I've, got more interest in hockey since i've uh, uh been up here but um you know i'm not really uh, in, in into play by plays and stuff but one thing does strike me and i you know even looking at the the u20 and uh certainly uh all, all the coverage now that between uh brantford and uh and guelph uh, the, the different the different uh, games that are now on on uh, on rogers 20 um what really strikes me is is uh, how um uh, how professional the you know this this whole uh, this whole the the whole Canadian Hockey League is, all of the sixty teams in the U.S. and Canada, and um, it would, what also strikes me is that that um, not only the level of competition, but uh, that all these teams seem to be you know uh, even whatever their record is, they just they, they just seem to be full of uh, of uh, talented players, and I'm sort of I'm I'm sort of wondering. How did how did how the whole development thing uh, stacks up against other sports? You know, you think of, of baseball with its farm teams, and of course, football and basketball, especially in the states, they rely on first the uh, the high schools and the NCAA. Now, there's also NCAA in in co- in in, uh, in college hockey, and of course, you have uh, high level uh, uh, college hockey and university hockey teams in Canada as well. But it just seems that, that the whole idea of the CHL is is a um, is a system for six to sixteen, I guess, to twenty or twenty one year olds that uh, just isn't duplicated in other sports, and I wonder why that is. Uh, Billy, appreciate the call. It's it's an excellent question, and I guess Paul, obviously, in a hockey mad nation like Canada, we would have a development system like this when it comes to hockey. Yeah, I, I think it, it is interesting comment by by Jersey Bill. I guess the closest thing to it would be, uh, like, in the States, uh, NC2A basketball. You know, that's where the players go to go to the NBA. Uh, NC2A football, where Michigan just uh, won the national championship. Um, That would be the closest thing to it. I'll address the point about the professionalism. He's bang on. 
the CHL is run so professional from from uh, the league office right right on through to the individual teams, uh, the way they conduct themselves. And what what's happening is these players and these coaches and administrators, quite honestly, are, are looking to make the next step up to uh, to the National Hockey League. So you wanna you wanna be as prepared as you can to be ready for when you get your chance in the National Hockey League. Uh, or the American Hockey League, in whatever capacity you go. So you should emulate what the top league in the world does, and that's the National Hockey League. And I think the specifically the Ontario League, because I know it better than the, 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 the East or the West, uh, they emulate as as closely as they can what the National Hockey League does. So he, it's a very astute point. Um, and it is a great developmental league. Um, thankfully, um, we we do have it for these kids to have a wonderful experience because for the most part that's the highest level they're going to play at uh you know other than they might go into canadian university hockey or but most of these kids won't make it to the pinnacle which the pinnacle being the national hockey league and they can take advantage of those scholarship programs through this league and then go on and enjoy uh a quote-unquote free education, although they certainly earn it by playing in this league, and then maybe play some minor pro somewhere. But that's a great point, Paul. We remember that just it's a small number that actually make it to that pinnacle out of this league, but there are other opportunities for these young men. It's interesting. When I was talking with Dylan Hunter before the game, I asked him about his brother because the two brothers were, well, Henry didn't end up playing tonight, which was disappointing. And I asked about his brother Tucker and what's he, what's he doing, and he missed him by a year. And he sort of, he's the smart one in the family. He went to Harvard Law School, and he's now a uh, an attorney after graduating from Harvard Law School. So uh, good on him to take advantage of his education package. And I'm sure Dale had to top that up a little bit. Yeah, Harvard ain't a cheap place, to, an inexpensive place to go at all. I just want to touch on one of the other things that, that Jersey Bill made reference to, and that is the caliber of talent that he's seeing with the various hockey teams in the Ontario Hockey League and across the CHL. I had had a great chat with our colleagues from London Radio before the game tonight. We got to talking about the caliber of players like the Owen Powers and the Adam Fantillis and others that have gone the NCAA route and how much more competitive that's getting now that the NCAA and I was unaware, I confess to not paying near enough attention, but the I guess it's the name, likeness and image sort of uh, rules and regulations they have where the players in the NCAA can make a little bit of uh, dinero, a little bit of money, and it comes from boosters, not per se the school, etc. But because there is money made off of the star power of these athletes, it makes it an attractive place to go. And one wonders then, Paul, if the Canadian Hockey League isn't going to have to come up with something lest the best of the best go somewhere that not only will they get their education and play pretty high-level hockey, but they'll make some money on the side. Well, the, these players do get a, a stipend or whatever you want to call it, allowance. Sure, but you know, it's, 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 it's not. It's nominal. Yeah. yeah. All their living expenses are, are covered. Um, I, I, I will say this, though. If, if you're, you want to be an NHL hockey player, you want to make it to, to pro hockey, the best place to play is in the Ontario Hockey League. It's... It's the schedule's about the same, the practice time's about the same, the the travel. It, it just it just emulates what the National Hockey League is all about, and I think it's the best training ground. You know, college hockey plays. If you if you go to the very end, you're playing thirty five games, thirty eight games. That's half of an OHL season. 
So, and you know, you get more practice time, uh, maybe because you play less games there, but you still need to play the games. And I think it's the best training grand, ground uh, for, for young players to try to get to the next level. Uh, in terms of the money, Mike, interesting comment. Who knows? Because there's no doubt junior hockey is a is a business. No question about it. But a great point, though, on the development, and I do not disagree. You're emulating the pros as best you can at this level for sure in this league. All right, let's go back to the phones. Jeffrey, you are on Rangers Talk. Hello, guys. Um, yeah, so I'll go on a little bit for about, you know, a few seconds and then let her go. Um had the opportunity or the privilege, I guess, tonight to watch it on TV. Uh, didn't get to the game, but I was able to watch it. Uh, I usually like just listening to you guys articulate it over the radio, but it's very nice sometimes to have a lieu of what's going on on the ice. Um, I really thought it was pretty eye-opening that with about 11 minutes left in the second period, uh, Ahokas had uh, Lamb and Romano out against guys like Max McHugh and stuff in a game that was, you know, 2 nothing, 2-1. That's your future right there. Uh, even though Stark got scratched, I mean, he, he got four goals in the preseason. That's your future there. But leaving that alone, that, that's very good. In, in a, in a high-intensity game like that, to have young guys at 16, 17 years old, really engaging, not afraid to go into the offensive zone and whatnot, it's great. Um. I think Rakoff wants that game back tonight. I have no idea what was going through his head uh, when he took that penalty at the as the play was going up the other end of the ice, especially in the tie game or whatever. I, I really don't know what was going through his mind. Well, before uh, you get on to your next point, it was frustration because he got hauled down. He tried to he tried to split the defenders. He basically got held down hauled down by two London defenders. Was frustrated. Things weren't going his way and took a quite honestly a selfish. Uh, you know, as the coach said, stupid penalty. Sorry for interrupting. Go ahead, Jeffrey. No, no, not at all. I, I appreciate that, Paul. Because like I said, I think in your post game when you interviewed him, he said we need more from our forwards. I think that's kind of what he was hinting at. That's a little bit nonchalantly saying to Rakoff and those guys, like, hey, was, like, do you have well, your well, head screwed on straight tonight? Or? I, but, I uh, specifically, specifically asked him about the top players need to be better, and, and he acknowledged that. Yep. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um Okay, so really, uh, so just going on quickly, guys, again, like I don't, I don't want to ramble on too, too long, but I had the privilege there of going to Guelph on Wednesday because I'm not near Kitchener much anymore, but I still love the team. Uh, Cameron Reed, I shook his hand, but I, but I shook his good hand. He's got a broken hand, guys. He's got a fractured hand, four to six weeks. Uh, he said four weeks at minimum. Uh, and then, you know, he thanked me for, you know, saying hello and everything. But, yeah, he's gone for a month. That's a shame because he's 16 years old and he's a rock. He's like freaking Chris Pronger. And uh last thing I got is Max Tirocolo, what he did tonight. And I would not bring this up if people didn't have their phones at their ready. Look at what Gary Roberts did to Kenny Johnson there way back. And Pat Quinn's there after the game. And Peter Laviolette's losing his mind saying, how come you didn't call it? And Pat Quinn says, when does a player going into a corner that's trying to make a check, when does he let up? Why would he do that? It seems like Dracula went in once. Now, I'm not sure about the second penalty. But the first penalty when he went in there on uh, uh, Lim or Sim. whatever. Sim. No, that's, that, that, that's a hockey play. And that, that's hard. you got to be hard, a little bit harder. You can't be looking up at the ref two seconds later looking for a call. 
Anyway, God bless right, and Jeff, uh, talk to you again. Thank you. Appreciate the call. Uh, I will just say, because we know Jeffrey a little bit, uh, he's not a doctor, so I don't know for certain his diagnosis on Cameron Reed, but as Paul said earlier, if Cameron Reed could be in the game, he would be in the game. I think it's a really interesting point on Diracolo, and I made it clear earlier on this post-game show, Paul, that what happened, the hit on Sim, was a penalty all day, every day, two times a day on Sunday. However... I I hear where Jeffrey is coming from, and I will just say this is the way the game is played and policed today. Probably in large part for the better, but I, too, miss a little bit. Like, I don't want guys to get hurt. I don't want guys being run through the boards, but... Yeah, when when do you let up? When do you say that's a defenseman finishing his check and it's a two-minute or longer penalty? I think... Part of the problem was they were probably ten feet away from the, from the the end boards. I, I'm guessing. I'm just looking down there now. I would, I would think it, it was certainly it was above the the goal line. I believe, maybe just below the goal line, and it's that danger area. You know that you're not close enough. If you're close enough to the boards where you're just finishing them into the wall, that's different. But when when there's that distance in between, that's the d- deciding point uh, when they make the call or not. Um, I don't actually remember the Gary Roberts, Kenny Johnston. I don't either. Call, but Jeffrey but, uh, always but has got is, a reference like that. My, my, well, I'll say all I'll say to that is the game has evolved and changed so much from when Gary Roberts and Kenny Johnston played, and so it's changed, and they're taking that out of the game. I, uh, I mean, I, I don't want to belabor the point, but it's a penalty. I didn't like the way Sim reacted to it. Period. Agreed completely on that. To Jeffrey's point on the future of the team when Romano and Lamb were out there at a point in the second period, I noticed it as well, Paul. And you know what? All things considered, didn't look too shabby. I thought the same thing about the future. And for me, and I'm going to say this as a fan, so I'll just acknowledge that up front, but I'm waiting for the next generation of Rangers to shake this green monster off their backs because. After tonight, here in Kitchener, over the past 10-plus seasons, this is season number 11, six wins for the Rangers against 25 losses in this building against the London Knights. I look forward to the Lambs, the Romanos, the Reeds, the Starks, leading the Rangers back to a little dominance over their foes down the 401. It's a good chance we'll see Stark in the lineup tomorrow, too. I think so, with Mashar out. Mashar out. I think the confidence that these young players are getting is tremendous. They're getting better and better and better. They're given the opportunity. The coach demands a lot of them, but they're they're performing. I think Romano has just started to elevate his game so much. Um, Mike, you know, we talk about the rivalry and, and this and that, and I say this to you all the time. It's not a rivalry if only one team is winning. And, you know, those numbers indicate that uh, we can call it a rivalry all you want, but in order for it to be a true rivalry, both teams have to, have to be winning. So over the last 62 games, including the two this year, between these two hockey clubs, not including playoffs, the Rangers' record is 16-43-2-1. So 16, 16 wins out of 62 games. That's domination, yeah. and... It goes to what uh, Van Horn was saying in your interview. You know, since Dale's taken over, they're they're at a 700 winning percentage. Well, 
there's the numbers right there that reflect that 700 winning percentage. So it's not only the Kitchener Rangers that are getting beat up by the London Knights. It's every team in this league. When you're winning seven, when your winning percentage is 700, you're beating more than just the Kitchener Rangers. That is an excellent point by you, Paul Fixter. All right, we've got to take a final break, but we'll come back with more. Your calls as we continue with Rangers Talk following a 4-2 London Knights victory here at the Memorial Auditorium in Kitchener tonight. Rangers Talk is brought to you by You Save Flooring. Price is so low, just take it and go. This is City News 570. We want to hear from all the armchair coaches. Call now, 519-570-2545. It's City News 570, Rangers Talk. Brought to you by You Save Flooring. Price is so low, just take it and go. City News 570. Easton Cowan picked up two goals and an assist for the London Knights. Jackson Parsons, 33 saves in the Ranger net, but he couldn't stop them all. And London with a 4-2 victory over Kitchener tonight. A season-high crowd of 7,523 taking it in at the Memorial Auditorium. 519-570-2545. Star 570. 1-800-570-5715 as we continue with Rangers Talk, and we say good evening to Eddie. Eddie, you're on City News 570. Hello, Mike and Fixer. Hi, Eddie. Um, First, I just want to start with a question. Um, Does that stat of over the last 11 years include playoffs? No, it does not include playoffs. Do you want the the dismal numbers in playoffs, too, or are the numbers i gave I've, you okay i've lived through them don't worry i know okay <laughs> uh, in the past um, five playoff series the london knights have won four of them yeah but yeah. you know what what's the most memorable of them game seven overtime mike patesian exactly in london. now which yes. now which one actually led to a memorial cup title well that's a different question but anyways about tonight i mean i'm just gonna start by saying i think parsons looks good as as usual um, I don't think the Rangers particularly had their greatest game. I'm not going to come out how I said two weeks ago, which I still stand by that it was a pretty bad game. If you remember a few weeks ago when I mentioned it, I don't think it was that bad, but it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't a great game. Um, uh, I will add that that fourth line. I think it was interesting, you know, to see them out with three minutes left, down a goal. But you know what? They they earned it. And I I think they've really picked it up over the last few weeks. So I think that's a, that's a justified move to have them out there. It did, it did surprise me a bit because you don't usually expect that. But overall, I think that was earned. And I just think, you know what, hopefully they can come out tomorrow and uh, get that win. You know what, earned is the way to put it, Eddie. And I think that, I wonder how the, I don't think the guys care, I guess. But to keep calling this a fourth line, I'm not sure that's even fair to uh, Justin Botano, Antonino Pugliese, and Cameron Mercer, but they absolutely, in my opinion, Paul, earned the chance. Of, they were probably the most effective line going for UC Hocus tonight. Well, they got Mercer got the oh, nice goal. Yep. And and quite honestly, we get we get um, lineup sheets every uh, every game, and they're listed as the fourth. But Eddie, if I turn it upside down, they're listed as the top line. So <laughs> you take your pick. No, like, I, I seriously, like, I saw him out there, and, you know, of course, you got the people questioning, like, oh, what are they doing? Like, you're down a goal. But it's like, you know what? Think of it. They scored a goal. They've been the most, like you said, the most effective line out there today. Like, I, I've got no complaints. I, I, 
Well, Pugliese has 14 goals. Yep. Mer- Mercer exactly. got a nice goal tonight. Botno is certainly going to go find those pucks. He's he's a hound dog out there. So, you know, and, and quite honestly, what were some of the other, you know, top lines doing? Not not enough. I, I'm going to say not only were they the most effective line, but I really think they were the only noticeable line tonight. Early on, I thought Matt Sopp was going pretty well. I, honestly, I also thought, I remember saying, so it must have happened after our first commercial break, Paul, because I remember saying Philip Machar has got some jump tonight, and then next shift he was gone. So who knows what that would have looked like, but I thought Sopp had a little pep early. Machar, absolutely, but then he was gone. And then Rakoff Chalet, I, I didn't see uh, nearly enough from tonight in a game that meant this much. Redemption yep, tomorrow. And, uh... Yep. Exactly. You know what? That's that's something when you when you lose a game. It, 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 um, I was always someone where, like, when I lost a game, I liked to get right back at it. But let's see. Let's see if they like it too, because I cause they they need a good effort tomorrow. Because you know what? <laughs> by by no means by no means is it uh by no means is it um you know a season ender if you lose two straight to London. But of course, it would help a long way to not lose two straight to a team you very well could face in the playoffs. And you know because. As I said, today wasn't great either. So if they if they drop another, wouldn't be wouldn't be a nice weekend. But um, I mean, I'm assuming Malbuff goes tomorrow. I, I'd have to assume. We're going to assume the same thing, but I guess we'll find out when we get to Budweiser Gardens. Well, he's he's been doing well too lately. So I mean, he's been doing well. I mean, they've both been doing well all year. That's not the point. But um, yeah, no, I just I, oh, what else? I've said this three times, I think already. They just need to come out tomorrow. And uh, play better than they did today. All right, Eddie. Appreciate the call. Always good to hear from you. And, you know, uh, Paul, this team this year, and I've said it on many occasions because we chat up here on press row and in the media rooms around the league, and I continue to say when someone shows you who they are, believe them. And so I've been asked on a number of occasions, you know, like when the Rangers have lost back-to-back games, is now when they lose three in a row. And I've refused to say yes because they haven't done that. So what they're showing me, I believe them. I'm honestly a wee bit surprised, I am, that the Rangers lost tonight because I expected at minimum a split in this back-to-back series with the London Knights. And now, of course, pressure's on Kitchener to continue... Uh, you know, my my belief in them tomorrow. But as Eddie says, regardless of outcome, dropping back-to-back games in January against the London Knights is not a big deal. For morale, maybe, would you like it? Sure. But it's not going to change outcomes at this point of the season. It's a big deal for me, though, because I... Yes, I was going to look at that. So the (laughs) fix was in. Our friends at City Cabs, who sponsor the fixes in, Fix was in Wednesday on two out of three for the Rangers this weekend. So, yes, you need it. The fix was in tonight on London getting more power play goals than Kitchener. That happened. The fix was out on a London shorthanded goal. You were wrong there because they got one. And the fix was in on Hunter Brustevich, the leader in assists this season, getting more assists than Denver Barkey, who's second in the league in assists this season. And you were right on that one as well, Fixie, because you were in. Brustevich had one assist. Barky had no points tonight. So two out of three, as Meatloaf once famously ain't said, bad. ain't bad. That's but we're right. not allowed to say ain't. I, I heard you get Oh, yeah, I got yeah, that's, uh, Who was I forget the lady's name, but, yeah, she didn't like that. Um, yeah, interesting. Uh, 
Mike, the, the the other one that you mentioned to me yesterday on, at Guelph was seven-game playoff series of the next seven, four out of seven, we win the series. Yeah. I had somebody in the media room tonight say to me that the Rangers will get 10 out of 14 points. That's five victories out of the seven. Well, uh, if they lose tomorrow, they have to do a clean sweep. And uh, those seven games, so it started Wednesday, Guelph, then London, London this weekend. The next four, Sioux, Saginaw, on the road, London, Guelph. That is a tough it's a nut tough, of seven games. It's a real tough test. Uh, it, 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 I think after those seven games, we'll kind of see where we're absolutely where, where we're going to fit in, you know. Uh, it, it's. I, I'd love to see them to win tomorrow, Mike, because I'd like to see them hang on to first place. Yep. They've had it all year. Um, you know, London still has those two games in hand. You have to win those games in hand to, to supplant them. But, um, hey, if they lose, it's not the end of the world. Eddie's, Eddie's bang on. I wanted to ask you, Paul, all day, really. So as we wrap things up tonight on Rangers Talk, let me, let me ask you now, because I, I said this on the air earlier today during the daytime show. Nine to one, by the way, the Mike Farwell show. Great name for a show. Uh, I talked to UC Hocus, as we do every Friday for the coaches show at noon on the daytime show. And I, of course, asked him, you know, how he's feeling, big weekend, this and that. And I really got the sense, and I get it. I've been around coaches in this game long enough that, they would rather not even get involved in the hype machine. And I recognize that in media, it's kind of the job to get people hyped up a little bit. And the fans are hyped up. They know they are. But as a coach, Paul, would you rather, like, the media just shut the hell up? Honestly. Like, because you just want to focus on the game, don't you? And turn out, tune out all the noise outside of it. It's a real, it's part of the job. Yeah. No question about it. Um, it's a real pain in the backside though at times it is the the, the media being around yeah i believe you know that. and and i i say that now being on the media side um but it's part of the game and and one of the things we talked about tonight was getting ready for the next level if you're going to make this to the next level the next level it's even magnified more mike there's there's more television there's both sides radio interviewing the coaches after the game there's still newspaper or you know internet like online uh, streaming and all that sort of stuff so there's way more so it's part of the game you accept it and um you know i i i'd look at guys like daryl sutter and uh, uh, belichick and that who, who give those answers and then i look at other coaches that just give real elo- eloquent, uh, you know, smart answers. And so there's it, there's all kinds. Uh, I, I think the media plays a huge part in sports. That's one of the reasons that we get ramped up to watch the games, because the media sets, sets the tone, sets the picture. Well, and you know what? As a member of the media, I was genuinely excited as all get out for tonight. I'm equally excited for tomorrow. This weekend's far from over. This was a good hockey game tonight. I expect another good one tomorrow. I'll tell you one thing, Mike. I'm finding it more difficult to ask the questions post game than I did to answer the questions. Like it, it, that, I'm finding that more difficult. As a coach, you just expect, hey, hey, we played poorly tonight. Okay, we're going to get asked about this, or we played well, we're going to get asked about that. When when I'm going down there now, still because I'm a rookie at this, uh, it, it's not easy. And not you, as easy as you thought. It's eh? not as easy as you. Th- <laughs> and and you don't you don't want to say the wrong thing. Sure. You know, so it's it's not easy. And I'm sure there's people out there saying, why didn't you ask this? Why didn't you ask that? Well, um, it's it's just not that easy. And, you know, you, you, you have to figure out that line 
that's uh, drawn in the sand. Absolutely. All right. On that note, we're going to call it a night here from the Memorial Auditorium. They've almost got the floor ready for Titans basketball tomorrow. Paul and I will, of course, be in London for Rangers nights. It'll be a 3.30 pregame. Set an alarm so you don't miss the 4 o'clock puck drop tomorrow. The fix is in for City Cabs, part of our pregame show. You'll want to listen to that starting at 3.30 as well. On behalf of my broadcast partner, Paul Fixter, and our producer back at the boardwalk, Adam Sanderson. The Kitchener Rangers fall 4-2 here on home ice to the London Knights tonight. My name is Mike Farwell. I bid you a very good night from the Memorial Auditorium in Kitchener. This has been another edition of City News 570 Rangers Talk. Brought to you by You Save Flooring. Prices so low, just take it and go. You're home for the Kitchener Rangers. City News 570.